22 pages later with your hosts, The Cap, Mike the Finance Guy, and Ralph the Tech. If you listen real carefully to this episode, you will hear the sound of a guy who is completely recharged. That's because I've gotten actually eight hours of sleep for the first time in forever. Shout out to my in-laws who took, yes, thank you, thank you. Shout out to my in-laws who took the baby for the entire weekend so I could actually get some sleep. I right? I know. A shout out to, to, to I haven't had eight hours of sleep. What the hell? Uh, yeah, well, you know, I, I can lend the baby to you. <laughs> That's going to help me sleep? <laughs> it will once well, it takes it away. Well, for me, it will. I'll just be like, the baby's crying and I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> wake, wake me up when she stops. <laughs> Welcome to another geek-loving, ball-busting addiction, or the, the other way around, ball-loving, geek-bashing geek edition of Meanwhile 22 Pages Later. Doesn't work, right? No, nah, I don't know what kind of... Ooh. Fuck you. Episode, episode 108. I'm one of your hosts, The Cap, and with me, as always, is the man who isn't afraid to tell it like it is, and tell it like it was, and tell you about the past. And tell you how he, how he would do it better. Anyhow, don't worry about it. He's MFG, Mike the Finance Guy. This is the worst kind of discrimination there is. The kind against me. <laughs> Bender. <laughs> yep. <Yeah. laughs> and uh, the, the other voice you heard there also is the man who has the uncanny ability to like movies even when they have no redeeming qualities. It's like having a Dominican Care Bear. RT Square, Ralph the Tech. You know, I always thought it was a little bit weird that the magic school bus is teaching kids about science. That is funny. <laughs> yeah, I never seen that show. Really? No, I never seen it's it. It's very I, entertaining. I was, really? Oh yeah. I don't know about that. All right. I learned all about rain through that show. Did you? Oh, it's yeah. wet. Yeah. <laughs> spoiler. <laughs> it falls. Rain Bigger falls. spoiler. <laughs> I, I was gonna make a really crude joke, but I'm trying to keep this PG-13 as long as we can. So today we're gonna be discussing the new Sony slash Marvel Studios movie Spider-Man: Homecoming. But first. Mike has a way with words. He's actually very handy with them. Trust me. Try playing, try playing some word games with him. It's not fun with this asshole. You lose. Yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but these words will definitely shed some light on the latest in geek culture. What do we call this little slice of nerd notice? We call it the quick news. And now, the quick news with Mike the Finance Guy and Ralph and Kyle. Now just sit down and get your tissues out because this is just depressing from the beginning almost to the end. You know, it's funny that the, the, there's so much depressing stuff that I've already seen already yeah. that I have a checklist of seeing what things you're going to hit. So let's go. All righty. True Blood fans are in shock following mm. news of the death of actor Nelson Ellis, who played Lafayette Reynolds on the series. Ellis was born in Harvey, Illinois, but was raised by his grandmother in Bessemer, Alabama. In 2000, at the age of 22, he, accept, he was accepted to Juilliard, where he earned a Bachelor of Fine Arts degree in 2004. Ellis rocketed to popularity due to his portrayal of a flamboyant and outspoken gay short order cook at Merlot's in True Blood. He also played Martin Luther King Jr. in Lee Daniels' The Butler. More recently, Ellis joined the season five cast of the CBS series Elementary as Shinwell Johnson until his character's death in the show. Nelson Ellis died on July 8th from complications due to heart failure. He was 39. I was very shocked at this when I saw yeah, this. Yeah, 39. You're like, come on. Right? You know, uh, interesting story. Um, in the TV show True Blood, you know, Lafayette was a very important character. But in the book series, he actually died, I think, like in the third book. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Lafayette was, I mean, anybody who's seen True Blood, um, you know, know this. Lafayette was just so influential. I mean, just... 
not only as a black character, not only as a gay character. Just he, he was very assertive. He he was funny as all hell. I mean, he he really played a role. I can't. I'm just I'm just so shocked that he's that he's gone. And I haven't yeah. got a chance to see his other stuff. Right. I think I saw him in that movie with Robert Downey Jr. and Jamie Foxx. Um, the one where Jamie Foxx plays a homeless guy who can play the, I don't know, oh, he plays the piano. I know you're talking about like, that. Yeah. And he plays a psychiatrist in it. And I was like, oh, wow, I got to see him do other things. Oh, but okay. from what I heard, he was really talented. And obviously, he went to Juilliard. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had a lot of talent. So. He was really good in elementary. Oh, yeah. man. He played uh, uh, a recovering drug dealer who just got out of jail. And then he wants to become a snitch for the NYPD to bring down his old gang. Right. And then some stuff is uncovered about his past and how he was forced to kill his friend for the gang. Yeah. And even then, he still wants to bring the gang down. Mm-hmm. And just like he... There's a scene where he's talking to um, Watson, and he just like, he's calm, calm. And then she tells him, like, we found out about this. And he just switches, and he's like, listen, you know, I'm going to do what I'm going to do, and I don't care if you get in my way, you're not going to stop me. And like, it's just like a quick switch from this nice guy to this, like this... Badass motherfucker. Not everybody can pull a switch like that. Yeah, yeah. And I'm really sorry to hear that 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 we lost him. But yeah. I feel like I'm going to be saying I'm sorry a lot more times right yeah, now. Pretty huh? much. Go ahead, Mike. Alrighty. Swedish actor Michael Nickvist, known for his 2009 film roles adapted from the Stieg Larsson books, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, The Girl Who Played with Fire, and The Girl Who Kicked the Horn's Nest, uh, has died. Uh, and uh, Nickvist is also familiar to moviegoers as the villain Kirk Hendricks in Mission Impossible: Ghost Protocol. And more recently, as Rus- Russian mobster Vigo Tarasov in John Wick. Michael Nickvist died from lung cancer on June 27th in Stockholm, Sweden. He was 56. Oh, man. I, I didn't know that he passed away. Yeah. Wow. And, and, and I remember when you said John Wick, I, now I know exactly yeah. who you're talking about. Yeah. From a recent time, people have recognized that, that name, right? Of the face with the name. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. he, was always, he was always a very menacing kind of yeah. a, an actor. I mean, sorry to hear that he went. Yeah. Well, who else do we have on our list? All right. Comic book fans join Stan Lee in mourning the death of his wife, Joan Lee. A spokesperson, oh. a spokesperson for Stan Lee and his family said, quote, Joan Lee passed away quietly, surrounded by her family, end quote. Born Joan Bucock in Ghostforth, Newcastle, England in 1921, she was a hat model in NYC uh, when she met Stan Lee. They were married in December of 1947 and remained together until her death. Uh, in the 1990s, Lee did some voice acting in the animated series Fantastic Four as Ms. Forbes, Iron Man as a computer voice, and Spider-Man as Madam Web. A few days prior to her death, Lee suffered a stroke and was hospitalized. Sadly, on July 6th, she suffered, she suffered from stroke-related complications. Joan Lee was 95. Oh, my God. Wow. How old is Stanley? Uh, I think around the same age. Damn, so you know it's, it's just going to be a There's a, This is scary because of the whole, like, most people die after a long-term, yeah. you know. So it's just a countdown because of that heartbreak. Yeah. Well, I, I, I mean, he's I, got a lot of other joys, obviously, in his life. But still, it just yeah. all depends on how that one fit in. But think about the, that the, long. But think yeah. about the joy. The, that joy. I mean, I don't want to sound like all all, all um, super you know, sentimental. No, super sentimental and stuff. But I mean, all those other loves he has in his life usually will pale in comparison to the love the love of the person that you're living with. Oh yeah. You know, so especially if you have that long term relationship, I can only imagine what he's going through. My condolences, obviously, yeah. from us to Stanley. Holy yeah. cow. I mean, he's had, like, you know, that, I mean, he's had other stuff. I mean, he had two children, but mm-hmm. uh, his son died, like, soon after birth. Oh, man. Like, back in the 50s, you know, stuff like that. So, yeah, it's, it's a lot of heartbreak. Time. Yeah, it's a lot of heartbreak for a man that uh, brings us so much joy, you know. Way to bring the joy in, Mike. Yep. <laughs> Excelsior. <laughs> but this one was almost going to be uh, sad until it just um, resolved itself, I think, uh, yesterday. 
Uh, but after being missing for nearly two weeks, Dr. Donald Logue, I'm sorry, actor Donald Logue's daughter, Jade, was found and returned home safe and sound. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. On July 2nd, Logue went public with his plea to help find his 16-year-old daughter, who also happens to be transgendered, after she was last seen in the New York City, uh, near Brooklyn's Barclays Center. Now, while the actor didn't go into too much detail regarding the family reunion, he did make sure to thank the NYPD, FBI, and the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. According to reports, an NYPD slash FBI joint task force located Jade at a friend's house in North Carolina Saturday morning. Wow. Okay. That's, uh, I mean, damn. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that, except yeah. I, I can't even imagine what that would be like to, to lose track or lo- lose your daughter. Or... Yeah, I couldn't imagine that. I can't even. Only 16. Yeah. It well, had to be scary, you know. So that's, like I said, that's at least something that, that happened happier. Yeah. Okay, so do you have anything cheerier to talk about? Um, yeah. Or more death? No more death. Okay. Um, okay. All right. But now, what is pettier than poking holes in your ex-boyfriend's condoms or switching <laughs> or switching your ex-girlfriend's birth control pills with Tic Tacs? <laughs> well, electing Trump president comes to mind. Yeah. But a close second would be the uncivil war between Marvel Comics and Fox. Now, with that said, the popular game Marvel Heroes will no longer offer characters associated with the Fantastic Four franchise. This includes Mr. Fantastic, Invisible Woman, Thing, Human Torch, and the Silver Surfer. Well, they sucked yeah. anyway. The game developer Gazillion received a renewed licensing agreement stating that the company does not, quote, have the rights to continue selling these characters moving forward, end quote. The statement from Gazillion does not specifically mention that Fox was involved in the change. Gazillion also stated, quote, this change will also affect all costumes for those characters as well as future Foundation costumes for other characters. However, players who have already purchased or unlocked any of these affected characters and costumes before July 1st will be able to continue playing them as usual, end quote. Now, this change will affect various achievements and more than 25 in-game costumes. Gazillion did assure fans that although the characters would no longer be available, the company will continue to support the characters in the upcoming Omega version for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. That's petty as fuck. Yep. And it, it, it's funny because I think we've even had a discussion of is this going to be a petty fest or is it just people just reading into it? This is getting pretty petty. Yep. Wow. I mean, and, and it's funny because I, Marvel has a great relationship with Sony. Why can't they figure out something with Fox? Because yeah, Fox is fucked, man. They fucked up. Well, let's not get all political. Uh, but you're but definitely it's, right. it's Fox, but then whenever they write to uh, Marvel, they just change the O to a U. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah. All right, so what are the petty shit you got? Ah, nothing petty. My final thing, and let's just see if uh, the cap can use his mutant ability to ruin a segue after this one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, If you hoes at home thought Marvel Studios would be raking in the dough after agreeing with Sony to create a Spider-Man co-share, think again. With the release of Spider-Man Homecoming, Sony is taking all of the film's box office revenue. Disney, however, plans to make up the difference through their Spider-Man merchandising rights, which the company uh, already had in place after acquiring them back in 2011. The only money that passed hands at the time of the deal was a producer's fee for an undisclosed amount, which Sony paid Disney up front. Whether this monetary agreement remains with the collaborative Spidey sequel is anyone's guess. Wow. Interesting. Now, mind you, I I read something recently uh, about that, talking about that they're going to include Peter Parker in a lot more Marvel films, MCU films. They're talking about like well, having them pop they, in and stop by. And yeah, it, well, it'll be, it's really where the way they, uh, he's trying to make it sound. He's like, it's like a five part like vision. I'm like, it's not that big of a vision, but I mean, it's, it would technically be five movies. It's uh, so you have civil war homecoming, 
the two Infinity related uh, movies, and then the second Spider Man film. Yeah, yeah. the I mean, untitled Spider Man Homecoming sequel. Exactly. Um, but you know, so he'll he'll be in those movies as much as probably any other character will be in those other Marvel movies. But right, that'll be about it after that. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, because you said I have the mutant ability to ruin segues, is that all your quick news? That is all. All right. Ralph, any quick news? No. Okay, good. All right. So, I'm not going to ruin this just to kind of <laughs> poo-poo on, on what Mike thought. Let's go right into what Mike was talking about. Let's talk about um, the movie known as Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, I've been waiting to do this for a while, so I'm actually pretty excited. And with the synopsis is the always um, bashful MFG, Mike the Finance Guy. I'm too beautiful to be bashful. Yeah. I... <laughs> All right. Spider-Man Homecoming is the second reboot of the Spider-Man franchise by Sony Pictures. The film is also the first collaboration between Marvel Studios and Sony Pictures featuring the superhero and allowing him to become the 16th film of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Homecoming was directed by John Watts with a screenplay by writing teams Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis Daly, John Watts and Christopher Ford, and Chris McKenna and Eric Summers. The film is based off of the classic Marvel Comics character created by Stan Lee and Steve Ditko in... What is she? What is she? Come on, guys. Come on. What is she? Come on. Amazing Spider-Man number one? No. Wrong. Amazing <laughs> adventure. Amazing. It's amazing something. Number... Oh, fuck. Astonishing Tales. No. In Amazing Fantasy. There we go. Amazing Fantasy. Number fuck. 15. Back in August of 1962. Right. That was Sp- my next answer. Of course. Spider-Man Homecoming premiered in Hollywood on June 28th but was not released in the U.S. until July 7th. The film had an estimated cost of $175 million and has an opening weekend gross of about $75 million. Homecoming has a Rotten Tomatoes rating of 93% and a Metacritic score, surprisingly, of 73 out of 100. Metacritic seems, seems Metacritic. to be more, more critical. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who would have thought? Uh, yeah. All right, synopsis. Who has budding facial hair and sits in his room shooting a white sticky substance? (laughs) Every single guy listening to this podcast. (laughs) But throw in the proportional strength of a spider, and now you have Peter Parker. (laughs) With a hot, uncertain lighting, Aunt May, and and a nerdy, virgin for life Filipino BFF, Peter takes to the streets as Queen's own superhero in training. Thanks to a bite from a radioactive spider, that audience is thankfully did not have to witness for the umpteenth time the newest non-adventure can do everything a spider can but not everything spider-man can super strength check web swinging check wall crawling check spider-like ability to make wisecracks check spider sense nope uh, but when you can easily walk away from a devastating quinjet crash who needs to sense danger <laughs> pecked by a vulture clobbered by a shocker bad mouthed by a flash insulted by a prowler Ignored by a happy handler and scolded by an Iron Man. If you thought your high school years were rough, imagine being called Penis Parker by Party Girls. <laughs> <laughs> Life as a teenage spandex fetishist is not as glamorous as advertised. <laughs> Starring Tom Holland as Peter Parker Spider-Man. Michael Keaton as Adrian Toomes Vulture. John Favreau as Harry Happy Hogan. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark Iron Man. Jacob Batalon as Ned. Laura Harrier as Liz. Tony... Rebelori as Flash, Zendaya as Michelle, Marissa Tomei as Mae Parker, Donald Glover as Aaron Davis, Tyne Daly as Anne-Marie Hogue, Lo- Logan Marshall Green as Jackson Bryce, a.k.a. Shocker Number 1, Bokeem Woodbine as Herman Schultz, a.k.a. Shocker Number 2, Michael Chernus as Phineas Mason, the Tinkerer, 
Michael Mando as Mac Gargan, and Gwyneth Paltrow as Pepper Potts. All right, so before we get started with um, Spider-Man Homecoming, let's press that button that we paid so much money for. Warning, the following segment contains information that may ruin your enjoyment of the media in review. So if you believe this might upset you, piss off, you wanker. Thank you very much, and that um, spoiler warning is brought to you by Steve Francis of Stush Productions. Stush. I fucking hate you guys. Hey, Seriously. And we have to see the movie with Steve Francis of Stush Productions. Yeah. <laughs> did you say Stush to him then? Stush. I did. <laughs> and he gave me a dirty look. Did he? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I know something's coming. I just have a feeling something's coming. He gave you a look and didn't say anything. Oh, he, we've had lots to say about it. Evidently, you already told him that we say that. So he's like, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, every time we go, well, it's not like he's going to listen to this. And he goes, one of these days, I'm going to surprise you motherfuckers and listen to it. And listen to this podcast and repeat it verbatim back to you. He said that to me, too. <laughs> I told him about it. And he was like, you know, I'm going to. I, I'm going to do this. <laughs> yeah, piss him off even more. Yeah, I was about to say this will go well if he doesn't listen to this episode. I'm good because he listens to you motherfuckers doing that shit. Stush. So before we go into it, I just want to say. So you're saying he's gonna be like blimey? Oh fuck! <laughs> you you kippers have done the spoil the accent. Oh my god! <laughs> also, that's over the line. <laughs> yes, I agree. Over the line. Well done. <laughs> but before we get spoil into it, spoil the beans and mash. <laughs> I just want to say this: we're gonna try as best we can to not spoil it as much because. Some of the fun in this movie is some of the surprises that come out, but obviously we're gonna try is the word we're gonna use, and that's a very loose term. Peter Parker is Spider Man. Spoiled. Great. Good job. <laughs> I will not spoil one thing. I, let's put a timer on that shit. <laughs> He's already done. <laughs> right. <laughs> so let's get into it. Spider Man Homecoming. Typically, sometimes we go chronologically. I just want to go into what we like because we've seen umpteenth amount of Spider Man movies. How many Spider-Man movies have we reviewed here? Are they only one, two, right? right? Or two? Uh, both the last Andrew Garfields, I believe. Right. So because yeah. we weren't together to, for for the um for the um, what's his name? The emo fest with Tobey Maguire. Well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, that, so, that winning film followed by the two shitty ass Andrew Garfield films. All right. Sorry, don't like them. <laughs> hey, I, I've heard of people uh, people on um. People on Facebook having arguments saying that they think Amazing Spider-Man is better than Homecoming. So now let's talk about it because this is why we're here. Okay, so what do we think about Homecoming? And for you, what made this different from the other two franchises? It sucked. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So just from the start, they got Peter Parker right. You know? You, you got a high schooler that looks like a high schooler. Yeah. Right? Peter Parker. Well, because not he a th- is, a, he not, is a teenager, that's why. Yeah, but, well, not, but not a 30-year-old um, Andrew Garfield or a 28-year-old yeah. um, Tobey Maguire. Right. Yeah, so he actually looks like he should be there, and he acts like Peter Parker. You know? Okay. What so, do you mean by acts like Peter Parker? Acts like Peter Parker. Like, you know, Peter Parker, when he's in high school, he has all these powers, but he knows that he can't um, show people who he really is. Because if he wanted to, he could like he could be like the biggest jock in the whole school, you know? But he has to act like uh, a clumsy, you know, bumbling, smart kid who just wants to go through high school, finish his day, and then do whatever he needs to for the rest of the day. See, I'll actually disagree with you on that. Peter Parker, only in the movies, has ever acted like he's a bumbling, smart guy. Like, that's, and that's that part, they do that Clark Kent thing. He he has no wish to be the top jock. Like, he he is a genius yeah. he, he loves being in his own head and he happens to have these superpowers like he's never had this want to be like you know i mean obviously maybe to one person to be like i can prove i'm, I'm better than that idiot guy that you're dating or something like that but 
it's never been the like oh I have to be bumbling so that people don't suspect I'm Spider Man. Why would anyone suspect he's Spider Man? <laughs> you know, right? And I think it's it's I mean I can and, see and both points. Right. Of the one, but I was saying, but and I like that. Like in other words, in this one, he was just a fifteen. He's a kid. kid. Yeah. Period. Who happens to be Spider Man, which is exactly what he was, you know, or should be. It, it was so much fun because of the fact, like you both said, he was a kid playing playing Spider Man, and we didn't fast forward to his college years or his right. post, you know, his post high school years. Now I understand, you know, you want to get the, you know, that that more mature Spider Man out there because he's a little bit more fun. But part of what makes Spider Man so interesting are, are his coming of age tales, right? You know, and. And, I mean, Andrew Garfield. and Tom Holland, I, I feel like, played a really, really good part. I feel like when you look at the three franchises, I look at um, Tobey Maguire as a good Peter Parker, but not a good Spider-Man. I look at Andrew Garfield as a good Spider-Man, but not a good Peter Parker. And I think Tom Holland is one of the first times they've actually got it right. Yeah. That, that's just my opinion. But I see people who actually like Andrew Garfield don't get it. Right. Well, you liked Andrew Garfield as Peter Parker. Um, as Spider-Man. Oh, Peter as Spider-Man. Yeah, because he was he, he had the quips. He right. was the way Spider-Man was. Toby didn't do that in his movies. Right. So the fact with Tom Holland, you had the chattiness and the yeah. and the and, and the puns and the jokes. The Tobey Maguire Spider-Man was like more serious than he should have really be. And I think well, also I think that's Tobey Maguire. I think it's I think also, also the writing too. Yeah. You know, like Sam Raimi, it's fun, but Sam Raimi's um, treatment of the movie is very not serious, but it has this undertone of like there's you know like it's not as fun loving as this movie. This movie right. from the beginning. Yeah. Feels fun. The music feels fun. Mm-hmm. Um, the way they treated certain things were fun. I mean, the way they introduced the villain. I don't know. I, I felt was, well, that was. I thought. I felt that was a little bit of a cheat. But I understood that you know you didn't want to bog down the movie with too much. So like you know, for uh, all of you that either somehow didn't notice or aren't catching it, we start the movie um, at after the incident. Uh, the, the New York incident, right, the Chitauri invasion, right of Avengers, the first movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so we find that you know they're doing a cleanup of the materials, and now they were stopped by damage control, blah blah blah. Um, and then we skip ahead eight years later to Civil War, and then we're two months after Civil War is where this movie picks up. Yeah, you know, so it's a pretty so good it time. shows the connectivity right. to it. Yeah. And, I, and I think you're right. Um, you know, it might have been a little bit of a cheat because you could have fleshed him out a little bit more. But maybe they did that purposefully because the way they were dictating the story. Yeah. I mean, again, I didn't mind it too much, but it was a bit of a cheat. You I, know? I think they just wanted to show his motivation of why he was doing mm-hmm. what he was yeah. doing. Because he felt, he felt cheated. Oh, we're, we're, by the way, we're talking about Adrian Toomes, not yeah. Spider-Man. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he felt cheated out. Like, they could have come with a compromise where it's like they salvage all of the stuff and then just give it to damage control. You know, right? Or it couldn't have been where. No, dude. For the exact same reason of what Tombs and his crew did is exactly why the government didn't want anybody but a government agency yeah, but finagling into that if, stuff. If you think about it, if they just say, "Okay, you break it down and pile it into the trucks, and then drive the trucks to this place, and we'll pay you," right? Because because you, you won't pocket like they were able to do right in front of them, right? In energy source, like in other words, it's you're not going to leave dangerous alien technology for civilians to pick up. You just have someone watch <laughs> just, over them. Just from the just for the chances of, of them pickpocketing or grabbing things or just being curious and nosy, not not even with any knowledge is still a danger. I yeah. guess I'm just more trusting. <laughs> and, and you see where that got us in this film. <laughs> that, should, that should make me. They should make me the director of damage control. Which you guys, you just you you keep on doing what you're doing. Just make sure you way, drop it off here, Ralph. I, I mean, I don't know how familiar you are with damage control, but I know Mike is very familiar with damage control. How were you happy with the fact? of their inclusion in the movie it was fun to see them i mean they were so serious because damage control is just a bunch of idiots that have to clean up stuff but it was just interesting because they at first i just thought they were shield 
You yeah, know, which I guess they would be very much like, you know. Right. No, I was fine with them being there. Yeah, it just made sense, and it, it brought more of the Marvel universe into it. Yeah, it definitely made it a little bit more well-rounded. Yeah, like, I want to, I want to see if they're gonna, because there, there've been talks back in uh, 2015 about a uh, damage control TV series, yeah. but since they canceled Powerless, I don't know if they're gonna do. I don't think that would like work that. as well as they think they would. Uh, I just wanted to mention that also, um, what's not shown in the, uh, you know, the the time-spanning part of the opening but has been confirmed by Kevin Fahey. So this is no longer rumor. Uh, everybody remember Iron Man 2? Remember the, the con, uh, like there's some, there's some kind of like con event? Yes. yes. Yeah, I remember the drones go crazy. Yes. And there's a little kid with the Iron Man mask that stands in front of the drone. Yeah. That's Peter Parker. Yep. What? Yep. Yep. Because then he says it's not your turn yet. Yeah. Wow. That has been confirmed by Kevin Fahey that that little boy is Peter Parker. God, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how I feel about that, but you know, no, I mean, just it's just interesting. So, I mean, again, I find it unnecessary. They, it doesn't right. add anything more to them, but they're like trying to like, oh, Spider Man's always been part of the the MCU, and I'm like, I didn't particularly care, but kind of cool, but kind of not really necessary. What it was, it was a theory that someone floated online, and then Kevin Feige said, "Hey, that fucking works." Oh, yeah, 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 sure. yeah. Exactly. We it's planned true. it. We planned it all along, <laughs> right? Sure, from, from a property you still didn't own at that t- at that right. time. But anyway, um, how do we feel about? Um, the you know showing him in high school, I felt it was it it was fun to watch him in high school, yeah. you know because you know why because I, I think about all the other movies of watching him in high school. Mm-hmm. Think about both you know Spider Man one, and I think about Amazing Spider Man one going into Spider well, because I mean, they're all eighty five year old actors <laughs> pretending to be anywhere from fifteen to eighteen. I mean it's just not fun. I think watching it's also this. the writing though. Well, there is the writing too, but yeah. I think the writing is also. I mean, you have the writer, but I think it's also something that's dictated by your actor. Okay. Like, in other words, like, think about it. If you use too much, too young of a language with this 20-year-old, 25-year-old actor, it doesn't work right. Right. Because, I mean, we can see that they're not actually 15 or 16. And then you're like, well, now they're just trying to sound like a child. Right. You know? like, and, but when you have a kid saying it, it's like, oh, well, this is realistic. And everyone else is around that actual age. It's not... That he's really 16, but everyone else is 35 pretending to be 16. Right. It just, I think it worked. And it's also, you know, I mean, I, I haven't heard anyone claim, but I don't want to hear people being like, well, you know, I didn't want to see his life. It's kind of boring. It's like, well, that's what adds depth to the character is getting more information about them. Right. Because you know? I felt like they spent a lot of time with him in high school and, and dealing with that stuff. But yeah. I mean, we saw him a couple of times in the suit, but we saw a lot of, a lot of Tom Holland and especially him with Ned Leeds. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I feel like it definitely fleshed out the character, especially with what they decided to go with the character yeah. later on. And by the way, uh, Ned's last name is not Leeds. Oh, sorry. It's undefined. Oh, it's, yeah. It's supposed to be Ned Leeds, but right. yeah. Well, it's also supposed to be Ganky. Right. So like, it, it, they're, they're, it, it, it's, it's a combo of nations. So they, they said his name, his last name is undefined. So uh, I thought it was just very... like Liz's last name is also undefined. Right. Even though she is Toombs' daughter, she's supposed to be Liz Allen. She's supposed to be Liz Allen, who also wasn't black. Right. <laughs> you know. What were uh, you saying, Ralph? I don't know. You interrupted me. I forgot now. Oh. Be gone with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, if Ralph really wanted to be begone with us, he would have just stopped the show. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but once again, um, I did enjoy them showing him to be a science genius. Mm-hmm. That's that was also important. I, I hate when it's just. You know, like, oh, he's Spider-Man, and that's that. It's like, no, he's supposed to be really smart, and yeah. I like that. Well, the fact that um, in the physics class, he's practically sleeping, and he wakes, the teacher calls at him, are you with us, Mr. Parker? And he looks up at the problem, and he's, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's just thinking in his head, oh, I was just thinking about yesterday when I was swinging on the web, because the right. problem is like the arc of uh, something. So he's like, oh, yeah, the answer is blah, blah, blah. And she's like, yeah. okay, yeah. 
And, 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 I, and, I, and I, I agree that the fact that he has that ability yeah. is is something to add to to Peter Parker, make sure it's necessary. The thing I found that was weird that they introduced into it because they made no point out of um, its purpose was that he was making his web fluid 3.0. Yeah. And you're like, well, what was wrong with one and two? And the fact that you made no reference to improving your webbing, it was just one of those that was cool. Like, if he had just been making web fluid, but, like, the fact that they went out of his way to improve it, I thought was odd. Well, you know? I mean, um, in, in most of Spider-Man's, like, in, in incarnations in the comics, he's always trying to make his web fluid better by, like, either more sticky or, mm-hmm. like, dissolve quicker or dissolve... Uh, Slower. Take it longer, slower to dissolve, right. kind of stuff like that. So he's always been working on right. the formula. But, but you see what the problem, though, is that when you don't introduce a problem okay. and then you don't address it later, so you just put it in, it's like, well, I mean, again, it's not, again, this is not stopping the film. It's just, it's well, just an odd thing to put into a film when you're showing I'm improving or doing something different with web fluid, but I haven't referenced it before or after. I, I just saw it that he was just making more web fluid and that, that that's just the name of the formula that he created that while he was working on it beforehand. I just found it funny that it said web web fluid on the outside of the flask. Well, yeah, I was about to say, it was, it was, it was very <laughs> Batman 66. Yeah. No, yeah. I was about to say, like, I found that even weirder because it's like, well, it's yours. Don't you know what it is? <laughs> Don't worry, we'll figure it out, but anybody else will figure it out too if they see this yeah. shit. Web fluid, hmm, who could that be? Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, how do we feel about Ned, by the Way, speaking of high school, how do we feel about oh, Ned? Ned was great. Ned yeah, was absolutely he great. was hilarious. And just the simple fact that he's like, when when Peter's like, you can keep the secret, right? Yeah, no, right. <laughs> You're Ned, right? Well, <laughs> You're well, Ned. The thing bro. is, though, like I did, I did feel though, like because I mean, again, these this is a high school for geniuses, basically. Right. I'm like, as much as I loved, I didn't like a couple of uh points where they had like Ned kind of almost blurt out that he's kind of a Spider Man. I'm like. All right, you've got a little self-control here, smart guy. Yeah. I mean, it was just one of those things that, like, I mean, because it, it, it pushed it in that kind of, like, that uh, I always reference it as, like, the the, the, the Batman uh, with Michael Keaton. Right. Oddly enough, because he's in it. Um, <laughs> but with that, like, what, you just dying to have your secret revealed, even though it wasn't um, Peter Parker doing it. I, I don't like that in the movie. It's like, people have enough common well, sense. But, but, no, 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 no. But here's, here's where I'll differ because I work with, with high school kids. They're impulsive, right. no matter how smart. Well, and, that and, part and, of their brain hasn't developed yet. Right, exactly. So, so, so the idea of self-control, even though the better part of the brain goes, you know, you, maybe you shouldn't share that, whether it's your secret to share or receiving a secret. And it's just some people have better control than others. And, you know, I mean, well, then so, you know so what, I, huh? I'm sorry, go ahead. I was about to say, well, then you know what they need? They need to have like one of the students shot dead in front of Ned and be like, and thanks to your friend, <laughs> this guy's dead. And then be like, and now you know better. And, and that message has been brought to you by Mike the Merciless. Please trust your children with Mike the Merciless. Say five dollars off. No, I'm kidding. Speaking of Merciless, Michael Keaton as the Vulture. Come on, that shit was awesome. Well, he did a good job. I like the fact that they, um, how they wrote his character, that he wasn't just some random killer in a costume. Yeah. In fact, he went out of his way not to kill. Yeah. Um, for the most part, and I actually and especially that. especially a moment where something has happened, yeah. and and he you can see his reaction to somebody yeah. dying. I mean, what I, I mean, he wasn't afraid to kill, right? But it's just that it was like uh, we don't have a reason to kill. Let's just keep that going. You know, right. I, I like the fact that when you really think about it, um, when they're stealing all this equipment from Damage Control, like they. they they do it so stealthily that damage control isn't even aware. Well, that's the part that took a lot for me to swallow. I'm like, like, like for instance, a perfect example is, um, as I, I turned to a friend of mine that when we were watching the movie, I'm like, so Spider-Man just broke out of damage control. So you're telling me, which they've already, which Karen, the computer AI, has yep. stated is the most secure um, facility on the East Coast. 
has literally no monitoring of their doors opening and closing without anybody being there without a passcode, has not one camera anywhere to announce that anybody is in their facility. Well, you know, and I'm like, okay, I'm letting you have it. But. It's, it's the hubris. You don't, if you think it's secure from the outside, you're not going to put cameras in the inside. Here's my issue, though. I, I agree. I can agree with that. But we're talking about superhero things. World. It's a world yeah. of superheroes. You know, and you're collecting things as part of the superhero world. Exactly. You're not going to. It's know, the if, you're, if, if you're a successful company, you're not going to have that. Who designed it? Tony Stark. Right. But that also. He thinks, oh, no one's going to be able to get in. No, but so why Tony, would you put a camera inside? That, then Tony's. Then Tony's um, but also. We know, have but but we also times. know that Tony does not think like that. He is. Mr. Overly prepared for everything, hence Spider Man's costume itself. It has a parachute in it. I mean, for someone that he has to stuff in again. But, no, but what, yeah, but you're saying like if he really believed that, he would be like, well, Parker would have no reason to be in the air. Like you see, what I'm saying like it, it's no, he overthinks everything. So that's what I'm saying. Like so, whether he built damage control or helped them design it, made no sense because also, which leads me to the other problem I had is his Quinjet, which has literally no precautionary measures of being attacked or. Or, or looked at. There's no external monitors to it at all. I'm like, you're carrying Captain America's new shield. Oh, you're carrying Thor. Yeah, but right, which means now you have no person to see it, so you would have even more protection. This is Tony Stark we're talking about. Because no one's supposed to know that it's leaving. This is Tony Stark we're talking about. <laughs> you know, no, it's Happy that's who managing Tony it. Stark is He's overseeing Happy. Right, yeah. exactly. Speaking of yeah, Tony Stark. one of those things that it was like. Speaking eh. of Tony Stark, do you feel like we had enough Tony Stark? Too little of Tony Stark, or just right? How did you feel that this was? I thought it was a good balance because I thought it was going to be more. I really thought he was going to be over. I thought it was a good amount. Uh, he was okay. he was just right. Like because if you bring him in too much, it's just overshadowing Spider Man. Yeah. And if you bring him in too little, if he was too little, I don't even think you would notice it too much. It'd be like, well, what's the fucking point? Well, I was about to say yeah. then that would have been like you've kind of duped people into seeing like this. MCU related film. No, I yeah. thought it was it was a good amount because yeah. his his amount of involvement made sense because he wasn't tr it wasn't like um, where they'll do in cartoons where like oh I gave you missions and somehow didn't bother to oversee them. It's like no, I've given you nothing to do because you're not supposed to be doing everything. And guess what? As oblivious as I may seem to be, because again this is Tony Stark that belittle I mean that 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 mother hens everything. Mister, oh he didn't care. He knew everything that Parker was up to. Yeah. And that's why I'm saying, like, this whole, well, like, lack of watching like, his, of the, his Avengers equipment is like, no. <laughs> it's because of the nanny cam protocol. Right. But again, he's a busy man. Why would he be looking at it? Because he's Tony Stark. He'd be watching everything that went on. Well, he just know. watches it while he's talking to you yeah. with his little special glasses. Spanking those, it off, thinking about Aunt May. Those things are wow. really cool. <laughs> wow. You guys are making these transitions easy for me. Well, Aunt May. Oh, go ahead. Well, here's a little Easter egg. You know when uh, when they're at the restaurant, Peter and Aunt May, mm -hmm. and she's like, "That Tony Stark, I really don't like him." She's there's is like a, a hint back to when Marissa Tomei and Robert Downey Jr. were also in a relationship, and they also were the lead in a movie. I forget which one it was. I forget which movie that is, but I know what you're talking about. Wait, what? Yeah, Marissa Tomei and Don, Robert Downey Jr. had a relationship in the past. That's funny. <laughs> and they were two characters in, in uh, lead characters in a movie. Yeah, I think where, it was a newspaper movie. Or where they played. Love, oh yeah, 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 I know about that. They movie. played each other's love interest. Yes. Well, we're gonna get to Easter eggs um, probably toward the end because there's a lot of Easter eggs that are there that I'm not sure that. I mean, I I, I know about seven of them, but I know there were definitely ten. Okay. There were definitely ten. So there's like thirty-five. No, yeah. I don't know about that much. Um, but speaking of speaking of Aunt May, 
how did you guys feel about Aunt um, Marissa Tomei as Aunt May or the way she was written and how they used it? I felt that she was the weakest written character. I did. It, it was like she was done well in Civil War and somehow they did not know what they felt like doing with the Aunt May character. So well, the fact just, that he calls her May. Yeah, and not which May. is weird too. Um, and I mean, I'm not, you know, like my my nieces and nephew <laughs> have tried calling me, you know, Uncle Mike. Mike. No, Mike. And I'm like, I look at them and they're like, Uncle Mike? I'm like, yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Continue. Like, you see to live. Yeah, that, that look, they're like, they don't dare. But um, you have my just, permission to I, continue yeah, living. Exactly. Um, I just felt like they, they did not know what to do with her character um, at all. So I, I felt she was the weakest out of all the uh, the written characters. I think they were trying to write her like if she was still stuck in like the sixties or something. But she's not that old, right? That which is the weirdest. But like she would have been literally. I mean, like Marissa Tomei herself is fifty two. Yeah. So that's you know what I'm saying. Like she she would have been born in the the late sixties. <laughs> you know? But that's like the kind of vibe like she was giving off because she seemed yeah. like very you know laid back like hippie ish. Yeah. You know. I just thought that was weird. I mean, then they try to give her the thick glasses in the restaurant, which yeah. I'm like you're trying to show that she's a little bit older and trying to. You know, like cool down the sex factor, right? Which okay, fine. I, I get what you're trying to do, but I don't know what they were. You know, like the fact yeah. that he kept calling, okay, May, okay, May, okay, May. I'm like, you're calling your aunt, just May, right? Which, which for the, me was was the one of the only things I had a problem with. Yeah, in the, it's yeah because she means she is Aunt May. I mean, that's it that's also shows that's like his mother either. figure, right? Yeah. You know, um, but yes, I thought she was the weakest again. Not a problem. I just don't think they developed her well as a character. Um, but I'm glad, though, that they didn't do any... Uh, I mean, granted, we know he's with Pepper Potts, but I didn't want to see any overly cheesy Tony Stark macking on her. <laughs> just, uh. I thought it was interesting that like they didn't go out other way to reference um, Uncle Ben. Thank goodness. Again, another thing I'm happy not to hear about. But they did say... like, um, There's a scene where uh, Peter says, uh, when, when Ned discovers who, that Peter is Spider-Man, and mm-hmm. then he's like, uh, no, I can't tell Aunt May. Not with everything that she's right. been through, mm-hmm. which is sort of like hinting at, okay, so no. Yeah. We know there was an Uncle Ben somewhere. Right. Something happened to him well, and she's still working Well, once again, it. it's the movie saying, you know, we don't got to tell you the origin. You know what the origin which is. Which is, again, my fear that whenever Sony officially has its problems, I do not want to see another origin okay. story. You know? And for those of you who are waiting for Peter to go into deep explanation of what happened to him, all he says is, uh, he doesn't even say it. Ned is the one that says, so you got bit by a spider? Right. And he's like, yep. Yeah. It, it, it's short. And I think that's what, I mean, that's what also adds to the movie. You know, we, we just talked about earlier that you're not bogged down by an origin story, but it leaves you more room to, to develop other parts of it because you know the basic idea of who Peter is. Yeah. I think the problem is later on, we don't want to get into that, but the right. problem is going to be when um, either someone takes back over or they have to reboot, they feel like a new writer is going to want to put his or her stamp on yeah. the character, so therefore they're going to have to do it. So it's, it's, it's inevitable, unfortunately. Yeah. So there was no spider sense? No. No, no and Fahey even mentions that. It's, a, it's some kind of weird reason that, like, it was, it was one of those things that where, I, I think it was either, either Fahey or it was um, Watt, I forget which one, is asked about it, and they're like, oh, what's well, been done in the other movies, so we just really didn't want to do it. I'm like, well, so is his super strength in spinning webs, however. Right. <laughs> that, that is, I mean, that is more than... Almost more than his webs, that's what makes Spider-Man Spider-Man. Exactly. I mean, you know. So, I mean, you know, I, I was okay with it, but at the same time, knowing it wasn't there, it was just really bothering now, me. Now, here's what I'm feeling. There was a swap. They, they swapped out the Spider-Sense, and they swapped in this super suit right. with all these gadgets and doohickeys Going and whatever. Going to the Spider-Man uh, XD version. How did you feel about that? 
about about having that Spider-Man available, not your traditional Spider-Man I, just in a suit and his webs and his abilities. I actually quite enjoyed it. I like that cause, because if it's a suit that's being made by Tony Stark, of course, it's going to have some bells and whistles, mm-hmm. you know? And the fact that, you know, because even in the, in the Ultimate Spider-Man series on Disney XD, he has taser webbing and trackers and all that kind of stuff. Oh, okay. He I, doesn't I, have, I, like, the, the, the enhanced vision and all that stuff. Right. Right. But it's still it's still there and it's part of the show and it doesn't really take away from his own right. abilities. The, I mean, this well here it does take away a bit, but I I did enjoy it. But at the same time, the filmmaker I think also knew exactly how the audience would be after a while, which is well, if his suit is remarkable, then he's not really that remarkable. Yeah. So that like, and lo and behold, through the third act, that's when he no longer has his suit. You know, yeah. proving that he is a capable hero, and that's. That's what it is. I mean, the suit, it, like I said, I mean, it, it's smart. I mean, a lot of it's smart designs. The fact that it, um, like, I mean, something that really is handy. Like, I don't care how old you are. You can't just instantly navigate. So the fact that it navigated for him, like, okay, take a turn here, take a turn, you know, that makes sense. How else will, will anybody know how to follow a car, you yeah, know, or something right. like that? So it was certain things that was smart. Um, things that were, I mean, humor level, great. And also it would be interesting to see if, like, the, the name was misleading if just for, the, for Tony having fun. But, like, the fact that Tony built an insta kill yeah. <laughs> into his spider suit, and you're like, okay, maybe it doesn't do anything. Like it would also be almost be like that would have been a great end credit scene to him, like be alone and be like, all right, use insta kill and just see it do something really stupid, <laughs> but real, and kind of funny because it be, and maybe hearing Tony's voice like, you know, I would not have you kill, you know, something like <laughs> right. that, like because it's just like, okay, that's freaky that you put an insta kill in your suit <laughs> for, for, for a, a 15 year old boy to have mm-hmm. <laughs> you know my, my question is how does the insta kill work does like a gun come out of somewhere well, his and eyes just turn red so I wonder if it's lasers or something you know like, <laughs> it's just like enhanced know. super super enhanced strength or it something it just forces him to crush you to death he just jumps <laughs> on his enemy and starts crushing you know yeah um now, but uh, what do we think about the AI? Which also brings us another interesting little tidbit. Yeah. The AI yes. is um, Jennifer, Jennifer Connelly, Connelly yeah. who's actually married to Paul Bettany, yep. who was the AI for Jarvis. So right. I thought that was kind of a funny little thing with that. I, I heard, I heard about that. I thought that was pretty yeah. a, ni- a nice little Easter egg right there. Yeah. I mean, I, I liked, I liked Karen because and she was so, sweet. Yeah, she was sweet. And what made it really cool about it was that, and I heard it in a couple of other, like I read it in a couple of other podcasts, and I agree with the idea. It's something that you mentioned, Mike, about a Batman story about some about um the Dark Knight about okay. you know that sometimes the 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 thoughts and, and and like the exposition that you get from the character thinking mm-hmm. you're not gonna get that in a movie it doesn't play out the same way right so the fact of getting his thoughts out you have right. to have and I and some a couple of people have mentioned I'm like that's really that's really smart no it is it is actually smart and also it was. You know, I mean, you know, he is a kid and he is out fighting crime on his own and stuff like that. And I mean, it was just it was really touching when he was just like, you know, thanks for listening to me, Karen. It's good to have somebody here, you know. And it was just like, yeah, that actually is really touching. Like, you know, that because he he's no one to talk. I mean, even with people knowing they're still not with him. It's (laughs) a good device to have. Yeah. And that kind of thing. But by the way, um, speaking of devices, I thought this was interesting. Um, you know how the, the suit has the mechanical eye movements mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But did you notice that his own goggles had that? Yeah. So it makes you wonder, like, again, it'd be interesting if they brought it up that, like, evidently Peter invented that. Well, that's... And, and Stark probably enhanced it. But, like, his goggles, if you notice, were wider and then they slipped down as well. If you remember back in Civil War, when Tony is recruiting uh, Spider-Man, he says, uh, what's with the goggles? And he says... They help me focus because sometimes it just I just take it in too much. 
So he did create them, and right, then but I mean, Tony that, incorporated into the design of the new suit. Yeah, but at that point, though, we only saw them as goggles. But like, we didn't realize that they actually no, articulated. We, we did. We did see them. Sure. Yeah. I don't remember seeing that, but I, in, you know. Yeah, when he had it in the in Civil War. I like, don't remember seeing they, his they, goggles they have, articulate. They had the little like that. Well, some of his goggles or his Spider-Man suit? His goggles. Because oh, they showed the old Spider-Man suit. Right, yeah, I don't remember it. But um, either way, that's it's really good to but, see that he invented it. And I like the fact that they give some kind of reason about why they work, because then all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, it just moves because it's yeah. it's, it's cartoony. And, you know, it is kind of weird. Though. I still don't understand how that would help him focus, because in order for it's them... Like, it's like the iris of a camera. Right, but, but again... You shut out the extra stimulus. Yeah, but the only way that would happen would be if he squinted. So you see how that becomes. So if he's raising one eyebrow, his eyebrow shouldn't be his his eye shouldn't be open. It's not just that. In other words, if okay, I'm wearing glasses right now. My glasses don't need to articulate into a squint when I squint, because I'm squinting through the glass to see it. Right. So for his eyes to for his costume to articulate, his eyes squinting wouldn't help you focus anymore. It would just you can't see anymore because you're already squinting. See, I'll say this for a practical level. I see what you're saying. Just as a fun level. Oh, fun is great. I I love it because it, it feels. It feels like the comic, and you don't put yeah. much thought to it. It's right. just like, it feels the the most like a Spider-Man since Spider-Man. Right. Oh, yeah, no, it, that's, I mean, like I said, I love it. It's just that the fact that it's, some things, though, don't require an explanation. And that one, like I said, sometimes when you give an explanation, you're like, you should just not have given me an explanation. <laughs> because now, now, now it makes me think about it, you know. Let me throw this out there now, because we, we've kind of danced around it. We're not going to talk about it directly. What did we think about the plot twist? Um... I, I was fine as long as it's the only one ever to happen again in a Spider-Man movie. <laughs> I did not see it coming. I'll tell I, you that. I like what they did, especially to hear the whole audience react. Right. Yeah. And it wasn't like a gasp or a, oh, it was, oh, shit. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it was yeah. like, what the? Oh, oh shit. Shout out to Gigi. Yeah. She's the one who said that. <laughs> but no, there was a lot of reaction. And uh, I just don't want to see any more interconnectivity with villains to my heroes. It's, you know, like I said, this one's fine. I don't want any more, you know. I, I'll tell you this: if uh, if you're gonna be watching a movie this good next to Super Gabe, you gotta put some, <laughs> some padding on your arms. Oh, because he elbows you a lot. No, he's, he's just he's like pounds. He's, he's like yeah. punches. Like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> watching watching movies with Gabe is cool because he's got that inner kid in him. Yep. He, and he, when he enjoys it, he really enjoys it. Oh, yeah. But the problem is your arm gets a beating. I could have yeah, fucking told yeah. you that. Yeah, yeah. I was fine with it. I was like, yeah, he's happy. <laughs> oh, um, uh, how do we feel like? I, it was one of those it caught me and I'm like it was unnecessary Aunt May with her bullshit don't tell me this bullshit and I'm like it's PG-13 I, I get it I don't understand it it's, it's just one of those things that I'm not being a big prude I just don't get like if you're telling me that basically to up your rating I mean which is really that's not the only reason I mean, the violence which is not bloody violence is still what do they call it like uh, movie violence Yeah. it would probably still raise it to a PG-13 but I'm like so I've gone through this whole movie clean for what reason did I get a bullshit? <laughs> you know, it, it didn't bother me. I mean, um, if Peter would have said it, I think that would have oh, bothered well, me that, more. Yeah, that would have bothered me more. Yeah. And the fact that she said it, I mean, is it a problem? Yeah, but it just I, shows you how angry she was. Yeah, portrays her emotion. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Mike, 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 dish is clean. <laughs> well, I mean, it just it's not that kind of a film. This isn't Deadpool. <laughs> yeah, no, no, definitely. You know? So, did you catch? Um, the reference to Spider-Man 33. To Spider-Man 33? Yeah. The number 33? Yeah, issue number Amazing Spider-Man 33. When the warehouse collapses on mm-hmm. Spider-Man and right. he's looking at his reflection. Wait, you, you mean the, you mean the infamous scene? 
Yeah, I mean, oh, I wouldn't have I known mean, what number this. But I mean, I know that we all know the scene, but I didn't know what comic book it was from. So that's that's referenced because in, in the comics, um, he actually hears the voice of Uncle Ben, right, telling him like to you know to get up. Yeah, and since in this one it was the voice of Tony Stark, it's like, hey, you're not nothing without. Oh, I, I I love that. I mean, I actually but then started, the, the scene when he's pulling up the rubble. Right. It's like that's, that's from classic. the comics. Yeah, that's always classic. Scene. But I feel like the way they did it here was better than because I think they try to do it in Spider Man Two. Mm-hmm. Where where he has the 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 um he has a bunch on him also I believe right. he's holding something and it felt the same way but this one executed in a way where I was like you know what I'm okay with that you don't have to go verbatim yeah. come on Peter you could do it Peter yeah Peter yeah I am a Spider Man oh, <laughs> oh exactly uh, we're gonna go back to Iron Man um <laughs> what did we uh how do we feel about Stark's handling of Peter because I enjoyed it but like dude, like Stark it was really funny for the kind of character he is he was. Everything he was in, it was just like, I'm here to bring down the law. <laughs> like, like every scene, even when he was being jokey, it was like, I'm joking, but I'm bringing down the law. You know what? He, <laughs> he, he kind of seemed like a hands-off helicopter parent, if you if, if it makes sense. You know, because he's like, he is watching out for him, and he's he put the restrictions in the suit so he, mm-hmm. he can, you know, prepare for it. But he sort of let him do his own thing. And he was always watching out for him, right. even though... Peter didn't feel like he was. And then towards the end when he's like, he, he was like trying to get like gratifications. Like, you know, I, I took your suit away and that's what you needed. That extra push, right? That worked, right? Right? I'm, I'm going to say that it worked. Well, that's, because, that's, that's Tony's <laughs> need to be right. I, I, I think it, it, it's, it's the whole, it's, it, I liked what they did with him because with his character, you could easily go one way or the other and it would be wrong. Mm-hmm. And, and just the fact of how he was he was protective of Peter in certain ways. Try to act, you know, laid back, but still looking at it. But I liked what he. I think Peter had said at one point. I was trying to be like you, and he goes, and I wanted you to be better. Oh, that was yeah. a great line. Oh, that hit well, me. Oh, that was a great line in the line before. I mean, but it's just his whole. I loved his demeanor because it's very different than when he's dealing with other adults. And I and right. I like that that as an actor, uh, Robert Downey Jr. was able to convey that I'm not just stepping into Iron Man's shoes. I'm also stepping into a personality, meaning that like. I'm not going to talk to this kid the same way I would talk to Cap or Thor or, you know, right. or, or uh, um, Scarlet Witch or anything like that. I'm, you know, I'm going to talk to him differently because I am an adult. Like when he's just like, this is where you zip it. Adults are talking. Yeah. I love and I was that. Like, oh. And his face, I mean, it was not, there was not the, I'm joking because I'm hit Stark. It was like, no, I'm fucking going to knock you out right now, you know, <laughs> because I am the adult that's talking. And yes, I just channeled. Uh, Anthony Stark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, He's like, shit, I'm I felt like yeah. he kept mentioning that too much. I feel like they, they, there was no yeah. need to... I said, well, it my father. Like, yeah, oh, my I felt father. like they my were trying to soften it up like to the moviegoers or something. And I'm like, no, he is an adult. And he's... It's like, as, as much as it's Tony can be, you know, like, I don't care, we know that he cares. Right. You know? Um, and I and I like this. So I didn't need them to tell me, like, oh, shit, I'm doing my father. It's like, no, you're just doing yourself. <laughs> Before we go into ratings and, and for um, reading the movie, we go to ratings. Was, oh, <laughs> just give me a heads up. Are you okay with the way um, the vulture was dispatched? Oh, I was good. Yeah, it I felt it felt very like very classic Spider Man. Yeah. I mean, and it, it wasn't it wasn't the last fifteen minutes of Wonder Woman. I didn't need an extravaganza of whatever. It, it was just it was a nice fight, mm-hmm. and it ended and it ended as it should, you know. Um, and I and I even like the. Uh, the end of, of seeing what Toombs is doing and that Toombs, again, he has honor. Yeah. Right. You know, that he does have honor. Um, so I really like that. Uh, you know, because at first, you know, you know, with, um, I mean, I, this will spoil because it's not that huge. With Toombs figuring out who Spider-Man is 
it felt very much kind of like a reminiscent of Amazing Spider. I mean, excuse me, of Spider Man One with Tobey Maguire. Right. When when Norman figures out who it is, but like it was just really wonderful the way Michael Keaton's character handled it and the way they wrote the character. I really liked that. Yeah. You know that other guy was Scorpion, right? Yeah. Mac, well, Matt Gargan. Dude. Yeah. If you know who Matt Gargan, Gargan is, you just better not go to the movie theater. Uh, <laughs> well, Mikey said yes a couple things. That's yeah. the start of the Sinister <clears throat> Six right there. Yeah, I hope they don't do that because I don't want to see a rhino on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> we already saw how that worked once. Um, Jackson Bryce, that, that was the white guy that called himself the Shocker. Right. Yeah. Um, I thought that was really a weird choice because when they said Jackson Bryce, I'm like, Jackson Bryce is Montana. You know, like remember, you know the the the, the troublesome trio, mm-hmm. yeah. Montana, Fancy Dan, and Ox. Yeah. Well, he's um, he's he's uh, Montana. Jackson, yeah. So like, I was just like, why did they make him the Shocker? Like, like in other words, you could have just made up a fake name. So it was just really weird that they took a character name and put him onto another character, and then actually introduced Herman Schultz, who is actually the Shocker. Right. You know? who, who in the comics developed his own uh, weaponry right. himself. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, that part I was fine with. I mean, because they're trying to make a logical assumption of where this would come from, but I just didn't understand like why they went out of the way to take a character and name him into another character. You know, well, it's, it's just kind of you know, I mean, I think it was a way of just kind of throwing off the the the, the, the true comic fan to recognize the name that oh, what's gonna happen? Oh, he that's what happened to him. Wow, yeah, and, true. you know, it's always to throw throw people off because then people start concentrating. Well, this person so and so, this is gonna happen, right. and, and then when you know when it doesn't happen, you blows your mind. Right. Here's a funny little tidbit. Uh, in the comic books, when uh, Spider-Man first faced the Shocker, he had a broken arm, so he would, um, he wasn't able to fight him like at full capacity, mm-hmm. and Shocker defeated him. But then later, Spider-Man realized how to defeat the Shocker because his weapon, his gauntlets, had uh, buttons where mm-hmm. his thumbs are, so he had to press the buttons in order to release the shockwaves. So Spider-Man just pinned back his thumbs. <laughs> in order to defeat him. Oh, God. <laughs> With his webbing, he's the people in the back. The poor man gets no love. <laughs> not, even, not even the cartoons. But in, in future iterations, Shocker got rid of the thumb buttons. Oh, my right. God. And to this day, he's still one of Spider-Man's most formidable foes. Eh, I'll say he's constant. <laughs> I don't know if he's formidable or not. Um, so, now, what do we think of a joyous uh, on-screen personality? What do we think of Michelle? Um, oh wow! The, the um, one that was over everything. Well, you know, she was actually modeled after one of the characters from The Breakfast Club. Oh yeah, she was more of an Alishidi character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I really I liked her because she was she was just funny. As and, and she did and she did a lot with very little time on screen. Yeah, yeah she had less than ten minutes, probably total time. And mind you, they, she they was fantastic. I remember Marvel was just trumpeting the fact that they had gotten this girl to be part of Homecoming because Zendaya is, is what, what what did she do? She was on a Disney. She's on a Disney Disney show called. It's like an undercover show. No, she was. She was on. I think it's like Casey undercover. But, Casey undercover. Yeah. But she oh. was on another show before that, where the, where she was like a singer. Or something. Right. 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 Yeah. No idea who this person is. Well, you don't watch Disney, so <laughs> right. you know. And I don't watch it either, but I know about it. So, sure so the fact. Don't. So the fact that they they were talking about her, but then when I saw Liz Allen, I was very confused because I'm like, but Zendaya, and then when I saw she was places Michelle but she did it well yeah. she did really well you know real snarky real you know like oh she was just absolutely she was she was just just great in her in the role now what did we think about her be, calling herself MJ it's interesting to see how they pull that off because because guess what Kevin Faye he once again has lost to say about everything he has said quote she's not Mary Jane Watson nope. wow but giving her the initials that remind you of that dynamics uh, certainly is intriguing about what could go forward so all those people that think that that's that no it's not okay <laughs> I, I, but what was interesting watching people get really angry over that like the, the possibility I'm not be- a racist I'm just angry why <laughs> 
because she's not a white redhead. That's why. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, so how are you going to get out of this without sounding like a racist? <laughs> I don't want to sound like a racist, but oh, you're going to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's a shame. I thought they would they would have Mary Jane as, you know, but okay. I mean, hey, either well, way. Well, I mean, the thing is, if that was Mary Jane, then that would be really weird because it's like, well, Mary is not Michelle. <laughs> like, yeah. like if they had just called her M, for instance, like, but they'd be like, well, if you're going to go to Michelle to Mary Jane, that would be even weirder. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, there's rumors that they might say, like, her middle name is Mary Jane, but I don't know. And then did you, while on the topic of uh, MJ, did you guys notice all the tiger references yeah. throughout the yes. show? Yes. I was just and, like, I think, when the was mascot their, their mascot a tiger? Yeah. <laughs> when was their last time a tiger? You know? Oh, my God. Did you get the Miles Mar- Morales reference? Yes. Of course. And oh. his uncle, the Prowler. Yeah, yeah. I, lo- I love that. That was so cool. And especially because um, Donald Glover. Donald Glover awesome. loves um, loves the Miles Morales, ca- Miles Morales character. Mm-hmm. He's a big geek himself, and he's a pretty good actor. And he, he, said, he voiced Miles Morales in the Disney XD one. Yeah. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, so the fact that he's involved in this, I was very happy about. I mean, it was, it was fine. I'm just like, you know, I don't know where they want to go with this. Um, well, they, they introduced Miles Morales in the universe. Cause no, I'm said, saying I don't know where they'll want to uh, go with this, though. Um, you know, will they? Because the thing is, it's going to have to be uh, several years. I mean, unless they're going to make him the same age as Parker, because he should be significantly younger yeah. than him at this point. Right. Um, but at the same time, like, I mean, I love um, Glover, you know, uh, character, and especially when he's talking to Peter and they're going through the whole interrogation thing. And <laughs> interrogation he's doing, mode. And, and he's, <laughs> he's doing his, his intentionally bad Christian Bale like voice. I'm like... I'm like, Stark, do you actually program that? <laughs> um, Where did you get the weapon? Yeah, pretty much. Um, but one thing that made no sense to me, though, was you had the Prowler character, who is basically a thug. I mean, because, I mean, he's got an arrest record. He's not a super villain, uh, you know, because it's not a super villain type list like that. Right. He's just, you know, known as the Prowler, they said. Like, I, don't, I, I doubt he even took the name, you know. Yeah. Um, so he's evidently a low-level thug, a thief. So he's going to buy, like a typical um, crime show, he's going to buy weaponry from the back of a van. Okay. I'm good with that as well. And I understand that the first shocker, the, the Bryce guy, is kind of doing his thing on his own, blah, blah, blah. But their weaponry is almost one of a kind. Yeah. Because, I mean, unless you happen to have access to all the space, you know, the, the Shatari stuff, you can't make these kind of weapons. This guy, what, maybe a couple hundred bucks for a gun? Maybe. <laughs> He's like, you're trying to upsell me. Yeah. How much is he trying to upsell you for? Because you just said that you <laughs> wanted something to kind of take care of a guy. I'm like, this weapon could be no less than $100,000. And I'm being generous with that. Like, So I'm like, it's kind of the scene. It kind of pulled me out of the scene a bit because I'm like, well, who are you selling this stuff to out of the back of a van? And especially to this guy that's obviously like a low level like criminal. I'm like. This stuff would have to cost a fortune, you know, like or, or be sold for a fortune. I would just say, you know, it was just one of those weird things. I'm like, uh, I didn't kind of like the the first shocker's motivation. I mean, you got it, but then he should have been meeting with like bigger dealers or something like. Well, that. Well, maybe maybe know? that was one of his first times do, doing it, not realizing that it's not going to make that much of a profit. He's thinking, I can just make a quick buck, and that's going to be yeah. you know. or, maybe. Or it's more like you put the word of mouth out there. You show this guy what you have. This guy's obviously a connected criminal because he knows people. Yeah, he can put put it out there and say, hey. These guys got some crazy firepower. They were trying to sell me some shit that can blow up a tank, and all I wanted was a BB gun. Oh, you know? Very, very true. Oh, yeah. another thing, too, I, I want to ask. What did we think about uh, the fact that it's been oh, the better part of eight years that somehow this whole crew has been below everyone's radar? And that's including S.H.I.E.L.D. Everyone's radar. Like, I'm like... Well, because they're not really, uh, you know... But the stuff has to be missing. 
I'm, I'm sure they're not cataloging. They're just like putting no, no, stuff no, no. in bins. Dude, it's damaged, this is damaged. It's the federal government. Yeah, everything is cataloged. I mean, remember, it's already in boxes that are cataloged. <laughs> you know? So they take from inside. The, once it's inside, they don't like look at it. Yeah. They, look, when, 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 uh, when Peter got stuck inside the container, don't you think they should have looked in it before they dropped it off? Well, that's my whole point. That's right. that's what I'm saying. Is like, well, it's, it's, one, it's, 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 it's one of the loopholes in the yeah, movie. Yeah, it's one of the loopholes. Again, nothing horrible. It was just one of the things. But like, I did kind of feel weird that like that the vulture, his crew, had been below every single person's radar for like eight years. I'm like, I find that really sloppy for everybody. <laughs> you know, especially a guy in a big wingsuit that's flying around um, Stark Tower. Right, which I'm sure has some kind of monitoring system of people flying around it. Maybe they just thought it was Tony. <laughs> <laughs> Tony's working on a new Falcon out. Hey, hey, as many plot holes as this might have, I still, I, I still enjoy still it. Loved it. Let's let's go. Let's go into renaming the film. Ralph, first, go. Spider Man. Hell yeah. Okay. Ooh. Wait, you went eighth grade with it? Oh yeah. <laughs> All right, <laughs> I'm gonna go with. Spider-Man home at Marvel for now, but enjoy it because Sony is going to take it back and fuck it up. <laughs> Mike? I call it Spider-Man pre-homecoming in my pants from excitement. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> because I know how to do it right, guys. Pro, Pre-homecoming. Wow. Okay. Pre-homecoming in my pants from excitement. Oh, okay, God. <laughs> gotcha. All right. Ratings for um, Spider-Man homecoming. I'm going to give it nine. Hey, Aunt May, what are you doing? What are you wearing? Out of ten. <laughs> Ralph? I give it 10 insta-kill activated out of 10. You we, give it a six claw? Oh, yeah. Wow. We need, a, we need a six claws button. We do. We got to get a six claws button. Six claws. Yeah, exactly. Um, I give it nine. I'm not obsessed, obsessed with Parker. I'm just observant out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was really good. That was Michelle. <laughs> All right. So there you have it. Spider-Man Homecoming. The feeling of the real Peter Parker is finally out. And um, it only took Sony six movies and some Marvel help to get it right. But suck it, Ivan, by the way, a.k.a. Mr. Cooper. But don't go anywhere. Geeks on the Go's next. So, you think these bozos would actually have the foresight of creating a new commercial after they make something cool? Well, since they're too lazy, Big Kev here is telling you to download the new Meanwhile 22 Pages Later app. That's right. It's got lots of cool features, like different comic trivia games to keep you busy, and an episode vault so you can catch up on shows you've missed. Like all the episodes with me. New things are being added as we speak. So download the new Meanwhile 22 Pages Later app for all of your Apple devices in the App Store. Also, find Meanwhile 22 Pages Later on Facebook and tell them what you think of the app and the show. Personally, I think they suck. Geeks on the go. Now more Parker. Now more what? Parker. Okay, cool. <laughs> we can't hear you over that. So that's what I'm saying. All right. You know the segment. Now we're more Parker. Oh, my God. <laughs> I give quick questions. Do they you want give, some cowbell on that? Let me finish. <laughs> I give quick questions. They give quick answers on all things geek. Parker. We once in a while have made it um, under a minute, but, you know, we always try. We fail miserably. We're worse than weathermen. I mean, our percentage of how many times we've gotten it right? One. In 108. Oh, no. Uh, out of 108, less than one. So that's, that's point whatever. 
Yeah, way to be handy with math. Oh, okay, Crocs. <laughs> That's you, point whatever. And you didn't give me a number? Uh, no, that would involve doing math. You oh, have, yeah, there we go. You have okay. a computer right in front of you. <laughs> yeah. You have a computer for you. I got a tablet. <laughs> it's the same. Oh, shush. All right, ready, set, go. Out of the MCU cast of Thor, Hulk, Cap, and Iron Man, who do you feel needs to be recast? Mike. Hulk. Because you know the old saying, once you go Ed Norton, a bone of her is acting, you'll be sporting. <laughs> Ralph? I agree with Senor Mike there, Hulk. Because okay. everyone else is pretty good. All right. Um, rank, by the way, that, that's Mark Ruffalo now. Yeah. Come to think of it. Um, rank the Spider-Man in order from best to worst. It's Tom Holland, Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, and the voice of Spider-Man, the 1990s TV show. Ralph? Christopher Daniel Barnes. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Keep going. Yeah. Okay, so no, it's Tom Holland, uh-huh. Christopher Daniel Barnes, right? Uh, Andrew Garfield, and then Tobey Maguire. Okay. Mike. I'm sorry, you didn't add enough names for me to uh, justify the point, so I'll help you. <laughs> it's going Tom Holland, uh, Christopher Daniel Barnes, Paul Souls, who's a 1967 cartoon voice, Andrew Garfield, Nicholas Hammond, who was the live-action TV show guy, oh, Shinji Todo, who's the Japanese Spider-Man. <laughs> then and you then, wonder why we and, don't get it under and, a fucking minute. And then... Toby Maguire. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you put that many people in front of Toby. Now Maguire. you understand why you didn't put enough people on the list. <laughs> this is my Muttley laugh. That's not really good. <laughs> do you know Muttley? I do. I, I was born before you. I yes. thought this was Geeks on the Go. Yes. Uh-huh. Well, you gave a fucking 20-minute answer. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, but I, I answered it 20 minutes ago. <laughs> oh, good. No, relax. Okay. Name a Spider-Man villain that hasn't been in the movies that you want to see. Mike. Done right. Mysterio. God damn I was waiting Mike. for you to say that. I should have said it without being it being Mysterio. Ralph, you going to say the same thing? Yeah, you read my mind. <laughs> it wasn't hard. It was only one thing. God damn you, so, Mike. So you it, mean so no Craven? No. If done right? No. I, Cause, I, think about it. I Vulture and Craven were both lame in the comics. You've yeah, done I mean, right. Craven's just a hunter guy. I mean, like he doesn't interest me that much. Okay. Not for a big screen villain. Just I'm, I'm fine. All right. And I guess Ralph, you shut down your answer. God oh. damn. All right. Last question. And it's funny we were talking about Craven. Do you ever feel, do you think we ever get to see Craven's Last Hunt as an R-rated movie or at least an animated movie through Marvel? I, Ralph. I would love to see a Craven's The Last Hunt. Animated would probably be best cuz you could do a lot more with it that way. Mm-hmm. If it was an, a live action movie it'd be pretty interesting to see, but I think animated would be better for it. Okay. And like, uh, I would be very surprised if Marvel would allow Spidey to be in an R-rated feature. I just don't imagine that. I didn't think uh, that either. Yeah. But I threw out the question. But out if there it anyway. was, in, but if it included a steamy sex scene with eighty-year-old Aunt May before his suicide, <laughs> they could retire it. Craven's last grunt. Oh God, <laughs> we haven't one of those all day. Because it wasn't been, it hasn't been a rimshot kind of a show. Oh goodness! Yeah, but we got until now. Until now, <laughs> I've always, I've always been curious about Craven's Last Hunt being part of, you know, um, being, be, being included well, as a cartoon. Is, it's, it's very out of the. I mean, it's a wonderful story, but if you really think about it, when you think about any of the Spider-Man movies that they've made, um, especially now the the line they seem to be going towards, mm-hmm. um, and any of his animated um, shows, his series. It's really out of place. I mean, I think it's a really I dark maybe, and heavy I, story. I think maybe seven years ago you might have been able to make an argument for it, but now that Disney has kind of really sunk their claws deep into it, because they, they were doing animated movies like Planet Hulk, and they were doing, you know, The Ultimates. They could have done it then, but now because Disney's kind of really put their Disney-ness into it, right. which not a bad thing, just, you know, 
a, a, a vision that they have, they wouldn't do it. I don't think. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, like I said, it's it's just such it's, a dark and out of like Spider-Man mythos. is just very like out of place. You know, I mean, yeah. again, it's a great story, but it's just like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, then, then then they can do the the sequel and have Raven come back to life. Yay. Oh, he's God, all great. That's that story was. <laughs> all right, shout outs. Well, do we have any shout outs, Ralph? I went with Ralph first before Mike. Because yes. it's short. I would like to shout out to the Cap and Mike for being awesome every day and including me in this awesome podcast. Aw. That you. was sweet. I don't know what the fuck happened. <laughs> <laughs> ha! Ha! Yeah, Mike. I'm <laughs> um, shout out again my. Uh, Niece Cheryl, who just arrived in Kuwait uh, at some weird hours in the morning. Okay. So I'm hoping that she's going to be doing well. And uh, that's her new station in the Air Force for quite a while. I guess about six months. And I think she said that she's uh, starting to listen to the show. Oh, wow. So it's kind of like she can have her uncle right there with her. Aww. Except this time I'm cursing and making really bad puns, <laughs> uh, which, I don't usually, which I don't usually do in person. Uh, what's so your, good, what's good your luck. niece's name? Cheryl. Cheryl? Yeah. Spread the word, Cheryl. You know, we're, we're good to listen to. So you should tell your other... Uh, fellow Air Force members, yeah, definitely. Give us a listen. Pass it around. Get us, get us the Air Force, uh, you know, a fan club going. Yeah. I, I think if we're, if we're dealing with the military, maybe our human needs to be a little more lewd. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of downtime. It's better to like, you know, have, keep them laughing. You hey, know, we, we got enough uh, toilet humor going in there. <laughs> but I'm um, also uh, shouting out to my other niece, Erin, who's not doing anything that exciting. But hey, what the hell? <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> and then to regular old Erin that wow. never listens to our our podcast. But then listens to part of it and says that she heard it all. Well, it was, <laughs> she still I, hasn't said monkey yeah, fuck. Nope. I asked her. I, uh, she said yesterday, you know, I'm, I'm catching up. I'm still behind on your episodes. And I'm like, yeah, you better listen because, you know, the cap said a few things in there for you. She's like, yeah, I know. He told me. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> she's lame. I love her. She's lame. Lame, uh, lame, lame. That's so funny. But, but to all the people that we went to see uh, the Spider-Man movie. So shout out to Sam and Lucy and. GG and <laughs> Super Gabe and Stushman and Stushman. <laughs> uh, my friend Dwight there that uh, joined us in the theater. I don't know if he's uh, actually listened to our podcast. Probably not. There's, no, there's no love from people we know. <laughs> and who else? Did I forget somebody else? Ru- Ruben that didn't show up for our wonderful Spider-Man outing, and now you'll never be invited again. <laughs> Just kidding. We'll invite you again. We'll invite you again, but we'll expect you to like you know pay for all the tickets. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I was gonna give about the same shout out. Shout out to shout out to Big Joe and, and Big Kev who weren't at the, the theater. So I was and shout out to Jazz who was shout out to Jazz who was definitely that's the person you forgot. Yeah, that's it. Wow, see, he forgot. I didn't. Um, I did remember. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, shout out to Johannes who we you know I know you're not here with us physically, but you're in spirit. Um, and shout out to everybody else who's listening, whether I've mentioned you or not. Um, hopefully everything's going well, and hopefully you get to continue to enjoy our podcast. Are we done, gentlemen? We are done. All right, so let's bring this bad boy on home. Oh, you just want to remind people, if you do go see Spider-Man Homecoming, there are two extra uh, scenes at the end. One mid-credits and one after everything. All the way at the end of the credits. Yes. <laughs> so please be sure to stay for that. And um, be sure to come back here and listen to us talk again. So for MFG Mike the Finance Guy and RT Square Rock the Tech, this is the cap saying, keep it geeky and... Flip, 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 flip. Is it flip? Flip. Flip.